0: suddenly there was this very high conversion where you had uh, previous meetings that would last you know it was a very consultative three or four meetings now we were now we were having one conversation with someone and signing them um, and that's when we started to recognize hold on I think we're, we're moving towards a place where we have uh, positioning fit if that makes sense because you don't necessarily have product market fit we've still got to, the, the product still being built it's not perfect so we've got to go and now validate okay now that we've found that's thing that people want how do we build for that how do we find a way to sell that at scale
1: this is my product tested the show that unpacks how successful founders have tested their way to the top and all the market validation that happened along the way in studio as always from the hype team miles herfack and cameron calder and here in studio this week Simon Ellis, co-founder and CEO of the WhatsApp-based HR communication tool, SmartWage. Simon and his founding team has been over two years building a company that's on a mission to make HR and communication easier for the deskless workforces. Simon and himself is a top founder, working his way through the ranks at companies like Investec and Deloitte, key role player in startups across the world through 2040 and Harren Beans, advisor and capital raise lead for Digs Connect, Getting over 830k in cash. This man has the ability to get money from customers like a pissed off debt debt collector. And now joining us in studio today. Simon, welcome to the studio.
0: It's a wild introduction. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: (laughs) Good to have you, Simon. So uh, you guys are now, what, two and a bit years in, you know, building powerful technology that's, you know, solving a deep problem for organizations, now raised over 2 million, um, grown a user base of, you know, 14x in the past 12 months, a lot of hard work that's gone along the way. But, you know, today in this very room for the listeners, what
0: is SmartWage? We went through this question last time. So, Smart Wage is a um, a platform that gives people access to their earnings. It gives people access to their slips. So, what we do is we partner with employers uh, to give employees access to critical HR services using WhatsApp. Um, we provide a bunch of features, but the feature that sells to employees the most is the ability to provide payslips to employees via WhatsApp.
1: So I guess this is, you know, for the listeners to give some sort of context to this recording, this is our second recording, and (laughs) this has been a lot of difficulty to get Simon onto the podcast without timings and obviously with the messed up recording previously. So this is a round two that we're jumping into, Uh, hence why Simon's already explained what the company is. But we're excited to hear the the interesting insights that have come from this from the last time we actually recorded Um, But, you know, Simon, I think it's really interesting to unpack, you know, your experience in the past, you know, coming from these corporate companies like Deloitte and Investec and, you know, experiencing what it's actually like um, to be in these companies and how they actually run uh, sort of payroll. Um, How did that kind of influence uh, the company you've built today and, you know, two and a bit years ago? Have those experiences kind of influenced the start of it? And, you know, if so, how?
0: I think the biggest thing that happens at a corporate is uh, you learn a bunch of really powerful soft skills. Um, And I think those soft skills are are fantastic. I think they give you a platform to, uh, you know, for the rest of your career. But I do think that the learning that comes from being in a startup and sort of tackling problems uh, head on is unparalleled and something that you don't really get to do at a corporate. So I think, The learnings that I've taken away from places like Deloitte are a lot around how to deal with people, how to send emails, how to um, maneuver political situations, Um, less so about auditing or accounting, in my opinion. Um, And then you know, moving into a startup, I think, as anyone will attest to, it's basically just uh, uh, figuring out how to solve one problem after the next, and you've typically never solved that problem before. And so it's figuring out how to do it in a way that as uh, fast as uh, minimizes risk and maximizes upside. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a huge. I've got huge bias towards working for a startup. I often kind of wish I'd I'd gone I'd left university and and jump straight into a, a role where I was working for someone who was in a startup who could help me learn as quickly as I, I feel like I'm learning now. I, I often talk to friends who are. Working at corporates and there's of course nothing wrong with working at a corporate. I think it's 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 the right for for it's right for a lot of people, but for someone who's got an itch to get into kind of something of they love and solving problems, like startups have got to be the place to do it. Um, if you find it, it is a an amazing place to be. It's not easy, but it's uh, certainly rewarding. Yeah, and
1: and being in these companies, like uh, obviously with SmartWage, being a B two B product. You know, were you finding these problems in these existing companies back then? Um,
0: Or do you kind of look back now and go, maybe there is an opportunity? Not necessarily, to be honest. Um, The the only thing that I do recognize more than anything is that if you're working at a corporate, it's incredibly slow moving. Um, And that now being on the outside of it, trying to sell into them, uh, the bureaucracy required to make a simple decision is just ridiculous. Um, and that means that if you think about how these corporates typically innovate, it just, by the time they start innovating, it's two years down the line. And the, and the thing that they're innovating on is already moved on and, and something else is more relevant. Um, so it, being inside one, you think you're moving quickly. When you're outside and trying to sell to them, you recognize just how slowly they move. Um, and that's, I guess, a problem that we face. And, and there is not much you can do in B2B enterprise sales to get people to move fast other than understanding exactly what the motivations of the decision makers are and how to try and influence them uh, strategically. Mm.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I think the, you know, what we're going to hear about smart is that uh, you guys are solving quite a unique problem uh, in, in a country uh, that uh, you, you guys are able to serve because of the in- infrastructure in this, this country right now. Uh, and I'm sure as you expand into various different markets, as as you and your team grow, um, it'll be very different. But how do you describe that very specific original problem that SmartWage was trying to solve when you guys started?
0: So we started out uh, trying to give people access to their earnings, and the problem was that most people in South Africa couldn't make it to the end of the month without. Ref- relying on some form of short-term debt. So that was the initial problem statement, right? 80% of South Africans can't make it to the end of the month. And because they can't make it to the end of the month, they rely on payday lenders or short-term lenders that are extortionate. The problem has subsequently changed uh, or gotten deeper. Um, When we started solving this problem, we actually realized in in HR, HR is fundamentally broken and payroll is fundamentally broken in South Africa. You have um, payroll systems that are, built have been built in places like the us and europe and are being used in places like south africa and i use sage as a prime example but oracle or sap are are not not not, um are exactly the same Um, and the problem that uh people face now or hr uh teams face in south africa is that they cannot connect with their employees digitally Um, so Employees in South Africa, and I talk about employees when I when I say that, I mean deskless employees, employees who are typically working on factory floors or behind a kiosk or in retails, uh, retail stores. Um, these employees don't have or don't use email, and they don't download employee self-service applications or company-wide um, applications. That means that to connect with those employees digitally is impossible. If you can't connect with someone digitally, no workflow that you have as an HR professional can be done, um, can be automated. So think of the, a basic one like payslips. If you can't connect with your employee digitally, you can't send them a payslip. If you can't send them a payslip, what do you rely on? You've got to print it and find that person and hand it to them. If you've got 8,000 employees, it's a real problem. Um, but payslips slip's just the start, right? Um, how do people do leave? How do, you know Leave is done by requesting a piece of paper. How do you get a Critical piece of information to someone, you have to hold an in-person meeting. Uh, we are right now on a podcast. This is like the uh, this is real, fu- really futuristic if you think about it in in a, a deskless workers terms, right? Um, yeah. So what we're trying to do is just connect employees digitally with their employers. I mean, as you're saying this, it
1: just sounds so
0: ridiculous that you know, uh,
1: and I'm sure you know, working in these companies like Deloitte and Investec, obviously they have massive procedures as to how this happens. And it's actually, you know, to some degree is trying to make it more efficient, but, you know, is adding more stakeholders to the decision-making process. Um, And if it's not like that, it's happening by sliding, you know, physical documents across tables until something gets approved. it seems like such an obvious problem now. Um, But it's interesting to see that it's actually a two-sided problem. The one, you know, being the actual uh, company trying to connect to their users and or their employees and the employees actually trying to get access to their pay slips um or how were you originally trying to solve this because you know are, are you coming into the companies and taking the physical paper and giving it to the right people was that the first idea or were you the the first whatsapp bot as as
0: Simon Ellis you know communicating from from employer to employee so when we started we gave people access to their earnings we realized that we had a very powerful product in the hands of employees um but then we would so to sign up a company we're a b2b to c company so we've got to sign up an employer to give their employees access to their earnings um in these employers that we signed up, we would we would sign them up. They'd say, great, let's give our employees access. And then we would get to the stage of implementation. And they would ask us, we would say, okay, well, how do, how do we tell your staff about you know, SmartWage? they say, so, oh, yeah, we'll have to wait for the next in-person meeting. It's next month. Like, what? What do you mean? Uh, you, you can't send them information? No, no one's got email. Okay, so, you know, how do you, there was just no way for them to do it. And so the only way for us to tell employees about Wage was to hold these kind of in-person events or put up posters. And then you started recognizing, hold on, there's a communication gap here. So when you double down and figure out what that communication gap is, um, the problem you're facing is that they're not connected digitally. Um, and we were just trying to sell a product, but we couldn't connect. We couldn't tell the employees about the product. So the problem flipped itself. and And I guess if you, again, go back a little bit, Earned wage access is is what it fundamentally does is give people access to a portion of their earnings before the end of the month. That's a really powerful product in the hands of employees. But for employers, there's no direct benefit. Um, And so this is actually just a vitamin, not a painkiller. This is giving people, giving employers who are the decision makers, just an add-on, something nice to have. It's not giving them anything that solves their problem. And so we had to figure out a way to solve a problem that was that was, that employers wanted to solve, that needed solve. That was a real pain point. Um, And that's why we pivoted.
2: So, so Simon, uh, you know, in, in, in figuring out what that, you know, problem was and, and, you know, the progress you made uh, with respect to how you went about solving that problem, what specifically were you, were you monitoring uh, to prove that market validation and, what type of ops, optics did you have on those metrics themselves?
0: Good question. Um, once we started, once we recognized that there was a problem, that uh, we, we recognized on a, on a, on a sort of uh, broader level that employers couldn't connect with their employees, we then had to go specific. And what actually surfaced for us was how do you, how do we explain this problem sufficiently to customers that cared um and so you know literally a couple of months ago we went through this positioning exercise to understand what is it that's most important and we went through multiple iterations we we're building the same product right we were building this this whatsapp bot that was making it really easy for employees to connect with their employees but the what was going to drive a decision maker to buy it was 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 important and Ultimately, it actually just came down to how we positioned the product. There's a fantastic podcast I would I would recommend anyone listen to. It's Lenny's. It's just called Lenny's Podcast, and they talk about um, positioning on there. Um, and what we learned is is instead of trying to say we connect your employees digitally, I mean, no one knows what that means. What we did is just dive into really talk about the problem so that the problem resonated with the customer. Um, we help you distribute payslips via WhatsApp and. That seemed to resonate because uh, the only way people were distributing places was by printing or by emailing. Once we did that, the the uh, metrics that we measured was when we got a meeting with someone, how many times did that meeting convert to a sale? Um, so we were going from a conversion rate of maybe 5 to 10% previously. Our conversion rates now went up to 30 to 40%. Suddenly sure. there was this very high conversion where you had – uh previous meetings that would last you know it was a very consultative three or four meetings now we were now we were having one conversation with someone and signing them um and that's when we started to recognize hold on i think we're, we're moving towards a place where we have uh positioning fit if that makes sense because mm. you don't necessarily have product market fit we've still got a, the, the product still being built it's not perfect so we've got to go and now validate okay now that we've found that's the thing that people want how do we build for that? How do we find a way to sell that at scale and build it at scale? Long long answer to your question. No, great answer.
2: Great answer. Very happy with that. <laughs> um, so how long did it, you know, what what was the length of time of, of that process when you guys started to realize that, you know, you were starting to find that sort of position fit uh, and, you know, after you were looking at the right metrics and um, essentially finding, you know your your place in the market. Uh, what? How, how fast was that adoption after that point? Once you guys knew that you were onto something,
0: I still don't think we found it. I think we're getting there. Yeah. Um, and I think you, this is a consistent, consistently iterative process. Um, to give you an example, we started with um, connect connect your employees digitally. That we thought that was pretty cool, and then. We did, went through this process and it was paperless payslips via WhatsApp. And I thought that was awesome. I thought we've nailed it now. Um, and that was the front page of the website. And And, and then we signed a client that was emailing and emailing wasn't working. It wasn't about printing, but it's, so it's not paperless. So, oh, hold on. Paperless doesn't make sense anymore. So it's now just distribute payslips via WhatsApp. And I don't know, in a month's time when the podcast comes out, you see something different. Um, <laughs> so we, we're consistently trying to figure out what it yeah. is and how to sell it, right? Um, it's very interesting because we, we monitor a bunch of our competitors um, in different spaces and employee engagement um, in, like, in how specifically people who sell slip solutions, you know, payroll providers, uh, HR, HRMS providers. And when you go and look at their websites and you start to see how it's being positioned, you start to recognize just what people are saying and why they're saying it. Um, and it's, it changes. It changes every month. Everyone's consistently trying to work it out. Uh, when when you see a chocolate on the shelf, why are you buying it? It, it, There's usually a a reason, there's like a a bit of wording on there that's triggered something in you uh, that's making you buy that thing. And and there's a whole lot of research behind it. But as a consumer, you're just, oh, that sounds good. I'm just going to buy that. But there's a whole lot of background that's happened for you to get to that point. Um, So I've I've gone down this big rabbit hole to try and figure out the psychology behind uh, a buyer and why they do you know, why they would buy the product now versus previously. Maybe it's just because they understand it. Um, Maybe it's because we specifically talk to the pain point.
1: Yeah. And communicating that uh, positioning with a product like WhatsApp, you know, including it, there's a lot that comes around that from a messaging perspective. You know, people understand that uh, WhatsApp can connect, WhatsApp can communicate, and to some degree can automate uh, communications. So it's, just, it's nice to have that like, uh, piece of communication in your positioning that's you know, something that people can assign themselves to. Um, do you guys see, like uh, just from a growth perspective, and we can get into sort of like more the strategy for growth, but f- do you obviously you have the distribution and that's kind of the benefit is that you're allowing them to connect with their employees and WhatsApp is just the channel that you're using to do so. You know as you scale like globally and as you move into new markets will that positioning change do you foresee something like that being adapted to what the market's using for that specific device or for that specific channel
0: it's an interesting one literally while we're talking you're asking me why 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 am i using the word whatsapp in my sales pitch it's like i don't care how i do it right it's just make me do it quickly um, and so maybe the sales pitch should be distribute pay slips in ten minutes, right? Because then it's then it's interesting because it's not about like two days of pay slips or or whether it's via email or WhatsApp. I don't care how it works; it just needs to work and needs to be quick. And so, yeah. uh, to answer your question, like WhatsApp is a very powerful tool that you, that we use for distribution right now because that is where all employees are every day. And but in a year's time or two years time, that may be on Moya, or that may be on Telegram, or that yeah. may be on a, an app we haven't heard of yet. That may be on TikTok. Who knows? Um, but you know, we need to we currently leverage that um, uh, method of distribution because um, that's where employees are, right? Um, but if, in the yeah. future, that may change. That does give us scale, though. That does, but it also makes sure. us hyper dependent. Hyper dependent. WhatsApp went down like eight or nine months ago. There goes the product, right? (laughs) You don't have a product for uh, uh, a couple hours. And and there's this, but you know, so you've got to make sure And we've we've put a bunch of processes into to make sure that should WhatsApp go down there, there are other alternatives to do these things, but it's not nearly as effective as WhatsApp.
1: Yeah. I guess to to your point, there's WhatsApp is just a medium for distribution. It's not you know, WhatsApp isn't the product that you're selling. Yes, it is actually communicating to the employees and it's doing a lot of the heavy lifting, but, you know, remove WhatsApp and replace it with another channel that's using some sort of distribution with that kind of mass level of communication. The product still remains the same and, you know,
0: SmartWage isn't completely identified to WhatsApp. Kind of, Kind of think of it like this, right? Your browser, I don't know, you're probably on Chrome right now. Right, Why, why are you using Chrome yeah. and not Safari? Uh, yeah. Chrome is the operating system that Google has made everyone go on to. That means you're likely to use Google and Gmail, which means that they are connecting you and your ability to be... So they are capturing you in their ecosystem. Chrome is, for all intents and purposes, WhatsApp. Um, we're stuck on this channel as a method of delivery for using the internet. Um, it's no different to the way we're doing things, that may change in future. That used to be Firefox or Safari or Internet Explorer. It is not Chrome. Um, uh, rest so in two, peace. Yeah, Internet Explorer. rest in peace. Yeah. Exactly, right? Yeah. So what's going to come next after WhatsApp? I don't know. BBM. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah,
1: for a comeback. Um, but that's kind of, you know, even these uh, different Google products through Chrome and that's kind of their growth hack. Have you... Have you guys looked? You know, since you you began and and as you progress into finding your position and and how that evolves over time, has the growth strategy kind of changed? You you spoke about, you know, lots of stakeholders being involved in the decision making process from like that initial acquisition process when you first have make contact with someone and educate them on what SmartWage is, through to them closing the deal and what has that sort of adoption been like? Have you have you tested that growth
0: strategy over time as well? I think we initially took the wrong approach because we had a sales-led strategy, right? We we didn't have a great product, and we focused on sales to drive our product, a sales team to drive our product. We've now flipped that on its head. Um, our product, our, we would we are pushing towards a product-led growth strategy, where the product needs to sell itself, and the product becomes so good that the the people that use that product refer to their friends and their friends and it's, and it's completely product-led. The, the, the reason why the product sells itself is because it's solving such a real problem and adding enough value to customers that it does that. So um, we have changed the strategy to, to, to kind of how we sell um, from an enterprise standpoint, large enterprise standpoint. I think that will always be a sales-led strategy. Um but uh in addition to all of this there is um slow moving companies and fast moving companies and it's quite easy to identify them um typically in in if you've got a private business and you can talk directly to a decision maker whether that private business has 10 employees or ten thousand employees uh you can talk to a decision maker who can move quickly on a private business that doesn't have to go through procurement and large Mm. bureaucratic processes We're looking for the ones that can move quickly, the ones that we can have a conversation today and we can hear an outcome tomorrow. Some of the enterprise sales we're talking about, it's been a year now. Um, A year of uh, um, another good conversation. What did we call them? Another AGM, another good meeting. Um, (laughs) Another good meeting. We've had 10 AGMs and 11 AGMs and and there's still no end in sight in terms of when they might sign. Um, So we're trying to... Steer steer away from uh, AGMs and uh, steer away to kind of cool. Are they going to close this month? If the answer is no, put them on the back burner. Um, yeah, because otherwise and, and we from holding a- off on yeah holding off on sales that y- you have no control over. Yeah,
1: and and from a, a growth perspective, I would imagine the retention rate must be quite high and attractive for a product like this, where you know once you're entrenched into the system and. You have the employees loaded on WhatsApp, and they're getting access to their uh, pay slips or they're getting their advances. It's pretty difficult to pull yourself out of that. Um, has retention been, you know, a lot higher than from what you've
0: seen from other products you've been involved in? It's a, it's a great thing for us because retention is very high, but it also means that uh, it's a race. To it's a land grab, right? Anyone who gets in first, it's the product becomes very sticky. It's no, not too dissimilar to payroll. It's yeah. so you know, you've got to ask yourself the question how hard is it to switch product? Um, once you're on the iPhone, uh, you ain't moving to uh, Android too quickly, right? The switching costs are pretty high. Once you're on Apple's ecosystem then your iPhone, then your Mac, then your AirPods, you ain't moving, right? So, so how do they, they create a product where the switching costs are really low? We're trying to do the same. Where you we get in, we build real value, and then we expand, um, where the switching costs become really high. So right now we've got a fantastic retention from both employee and employer, um, but we've got to keep driving value for both parties to make sure that we build a product that's very sticky and that has very high retention. Higher retention's got many uh, many upsides. Your your lifetime value of your customer continues to to drive, um, and if your product continues to drive value, you get more referrals, and therefore you get additional product lead growth. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, Simon, uh, you know, you've you've seen SmartWedge go through some really tough times with uh, everything that's gone on in the world in the last couple of years. Uh, what is it? What is your what have your staff meant to you, and, and what have your employees meant to you in, in this journey, and how will they shape, you know, the future of Wedge?
0: They are Wedge. like uh, they with like this is a one big team trying to solve a problem, um, mm. and I think we've you know we've um, we've had to uh, let go of some employees, but but the the those have um, all been really hard to do but the right thing for both smart wage and the individuals and I and I really think it's important that when when we do let go of people or you know um, help them transition it's it's important that we do it graciously like everyone means a lot to us the team is we're really focused on making smart wage the best place to work in South Africa mm. and hopefully in future outside of South Africa um, And so to do that, we um, we've put in place a lot of processes, a lot of uh, a lot of processes that drive growth, that drive mentorship, that enable purpose, that enable you to work on meaningful stuff, that enable you to um, do what you're best at, to work in your genius zone. Um, We've got a you know underlying principle that you work where you thrive, um, and that whether that's in a role that suits you or a better role that suits you elsewhere, uh, whether that's at home or in the office. Um, whether that's in meetings or not in meetings, we are trying to find ways to make sure that everyone in our team thrives. And if everyone on our team thrives, the company will thrive. Um, obviously, we've got to do what's best for the company to make sure that the company survives. Um, but ultimately, we are uh, a bunch of people trying to figure it out together. And if we can do that as a team, um, we'll all be better for it. Uh, so in, in short, in short, in short, the team is everything, um, and I, I really am like super stoked about the team we built and the people we've got around the table.
1: Yeah, and, and and so prior prior to this team being built, and you know when you were first uh, starting SmartWage to where you are now, you at the beginning of the recording, you spoke about uh, the excitement around startups and possibly going into startups straight out of university and before you go into the sort of corporate world. Um, that's a lot of excitement that's still carried through to today. Um, you did subtly mention it's a lot of hard work and it's difficult as well. But um, how has your mindset kind of changed from when you first started and that sort of um, blind confidence and in, in a sense that you have this amazing idea, you know it's going to be a success, you don't know how it's going to be a success, but you're going into this you know, head first to where you are today. Um, has that been a big shift or... Are you kind of the mindset the same?
0: I definitely don't know it's going to be a success. Uh, I hope it will be a success, but I I think um, I had this. There's a false perception out there that startups are like, oh, just cool. I'm just going to play foosball and you know, like live the dream. And it's it really is damn hard work, but it's really rewarding and really meaningful. Um, I uh, I kind of always ask the question if someone. Put a hundred million dollars in your bank account tomorrow. What would you do? And if your answer is "I'd quit my job straight away," you're probably doing the wrong job. Um, most people, it's very easy to say "I'd quit my job," but the reality is, I personally would like to be doing something similar to what I'm doing now, perhaps at ten times the scale. Um, with but 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 if someone had to say "Cool, sell SmartWage" um, t- today, right now, I would feel really empty I feel like I've just started this journey there's a lot for me to learn work is not just about getting in and doing my stuff and leaving on outside I really enjoy the problem solving part of it I find it um an interesting journey to go on I've I've learned tons from the people I feel like I'm just getting started um and yeah, I, I think you've got to uh, f- find whatever it is that gets a kick for you, whether that's startups or not, and find that thing to uh, make sure you're kind of pursuing a life that's meaningful, That's that you're doing things that actually mean something uh, to you, at least. Um, because if you do, you'll end up doing great things, whether it's professional sportsman or um, anything else. Uh, do something that actually that you care about so that you don't see this dis, you know don't distinguish life and work uh, sorry like leisure and work you you it's all one uh, wake up and see monday morning or saturday night if i'm working it's not not shouldn't be too dissimilar i will okay. say one thing though that uh, when i when i left my corporate job and i thought to myself ah oh, i'll just be super flexible i can just play golf in the afternoons and then i'll work in the evenings that was certainly not the case, and uh, that is not how it's not how it panned out. What you you you, yeah. you stopped you stopped uh,
2: playing golf uh, in the, in the evenings. You stopped working in the evenings, but you kept playing golf. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I guess it's what people say as well that they get so excited that you're like, uh, "Oh, you're your own boss," which sounds like it's some sort of flexibility that you can do what you want whenever you want, but you're kind of your own boss at the same time and you're kind of a a manager, employer, employee, all controlling your own individual.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day, you've also got to put uh, bacon on the table and uh, it doesn't suddenly just arrive. I got got told the other day, a salary is like heroin. It's literally the worst drug there is, right? Salary at the end of the month because it's very, very difficult to leave it um and so most people won't uh the reality is 99% of people are never going to leave a salary that's uh, which means that that's what they will do they will continue to work in a job because it means that that it's safe and secure and completely understandable um but that may mean that that comes at the risk of something else um and unless you set yourself up for that or actively pursue that in your free time um most people will end up remaining salaried employees. And I know that's a very controversial statement, but it's, I, I genuinely believe it.
1: Well, Simon, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you being here. And um, thanks for our, our final recording. Um, I'm really glad we got this out and people can listen to your story and understand the challenges you've had. And you know, I think it's an amazing product and excited to hear what. Uh, the next adaptation of your positioning statement and how you're going to communicate that and what that looks like. So if we get you back in studio in sort of six months to 12 months time, I'm um, really excited to hear what it's like. Cool.
0: Thank you, team. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Simon. Cool.
1: That's uh, Simon Ellis, co-founder and CEO of SmartWage. Thanks for listening to another week of My Product Tested. We'll catch you guys next week. Cheers for now.